All right. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Playmakers podcast. I'm your host, Haley Elwood, and thank you so much for joining me on the very first episode of Playmakers. We're expanding our Chargers podcast network this season and are super excited to bring you a variety of different programming. I'm stoked to get to add to what Chris Harry started a couple years ago, and I think you guys will be too. So I'm sure you're asking yourself, what's Playmakers? Well, It's going to be a weekly podcast that focuses on talking with female figures in and around the Chargers organization and the broader sports world. I'll chat with anyone from significant others and family members of our players and coaches to female reporters, analysts, and much more. So today... We're going to hear from CBS Sports reporter Melanie Collins. Aside from her work on the Golf Channel, Collins spends her Sundays in the fall on the field as a sideline reporter for the NFL on CBS. This week, she'll be on the call for the Indianapolis Colts-Los Angeles Chargers game. So, hey, it's no coincidence, though, that she is guest number one on here. We'll chat with her about her job at CBS and, of course, the Colts-Chargers matchup. So with all that said and without further ado, I hope you enjoy coming along for the Playmakers ride this season. And let's welcome in Melanie Collins. So, Melanie Collins, thank you so much for joining me on the very first episode of the Playmakers podcast. I super appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. I'm the first episode. You are. You're kind of like, I was going to make the joke, you're kind of our guinea pig here today, but, but I it's love a good it. One. I love to be the guinea pig. Perfect. Yay. So before we get into the matchup this Sunday, let's just kind of briefly chat about your current job, because it's obviously one that's coveted by so many girls and guys alike, but you joined the NFL and CBS last season. You've been in this biz for a while now doing a variety of roles, but overall, what do you like about getting to cover the NFL week in and week out in the fall? Oh, there are so many things. I, I started with CBS. This will be my sixth season, but only my second full season on, on the NFL. So I started on the college football side of things, which I grew up in State College, Pennsylvania, where Penn State is. So I just grew up a huge college football fan, always going to the Penn State games. Um, and at that time, you know, just growing up, I never really envisioned myself covering the NFL. I mean, I always thought about it, but it was like, you know, it seemed like college football for me was kind of like where all the pageantry was. And I just loved college football. But once CBS gave me the opportunity to cover a few NFL games now three seasons ago, it was just a whole different ball game. I fell completely in love with it. It just felt like a whole different level of football, of the way things are, are done. And of course, I, I would say the one thing I miss about college football is just having the time during games to tell those great stories about players. There's just so much more time to get into you know, the fun stories and, and all that, where the NFL is a lot more injury reports and um, quick updates and things like that. There's just a lot less time in between plays. Um, but the NFL has just been awesome. It's just been such a step up um, in so many ways. And everyone's just been great. And um, yeah, just all the PR people in the NFL are so easy to work with and so helpful. And everything's just more buttoned up and kind of dialed in. So I really appreciate that about the NFL. So I know this applies to covering all sports live, but, you know, you can do kind of all the prep you want throughout the week, but you really never truly know what will happen on game day. So how does that live (laughs) aspect, so true, right? How does that live aspect never really stop being fun, though? Oh, it's so invigorating. Um, I think that's one of the biggest things I tell the people that ask me for advice in this business is just that. You know, I can spend all week prepping for games and it all goes out the window yeah. on Sundays based on how the game goes. And, and you come in thinking you have, you know, these 10 great stories you're going to tell. And, you know, especially for this game on Sunday, we have so many storylines. It's like they keep writing themselves, but something else could happen in that game that completely turns the focus and that becomes the story. So I would say, you know, one of the best pieces of advice given to me was from Tracy Wolfson last year. Um, and she told me, 
prepare, prepare, but don't over prepare Mm -hmm. because you're going to end up coming into the game with all of this extra information in your head. That's going to be so not useful. And you're going to end up kind of clouding your mind with it. So she's like, let the game come to you. And that's something that's been so helpful to me is just to kind of, you know, be ready, be prepared, know the, know the storylines, know the players, but really react to the game as it's happening. And I think that's probably the biggest challenge of the job, but also what makes it so incredibly fun. So if you can sort of just pull back the curtain a little bit on your job, what is kind of an average week in season look like for you? Sure. So I normally, um, I normally start my prep coming back on the plane from whatever game I was on on Sunday. So I'll start reading, you know, the clippings for the teams. Like I'll, I'll get like the printouts, um, the media guides from whatever teams I'm covering coming up. Um, and I'll sort of flip through them on the way home. But Monday is kind of my me day. Um, I try not to dig too much into things on Mondays. I kind of take that day for me. And then I kind of watch the Monday night football game. And Tuesday is the day that I really start to dig in and prep. Um, and I will usually go through the clippings. I I look at like the, the standout players on each team to start. And I'll kind of go through just searching on Twitter and on the internet, just looking for interesting stories on these guys, um, things that stand out. And like I said, in the NFL, there's a lot less time to tell those stories, but it's mm-hmm. still nice to have them in your back pocket in case something happens and you have that really cool nugget to pull out totally. about that player. Um, and then I really dig a lot into injury history. Um, I think one of the most, I would say, valuable things that I can bring to the table as a sideline reporter is, you know, we're the eyes and ears, of course, down on the field. And when a player gets injured, CBS encourages us to just add more value than, than just saying, hey, you know, for example, Hunter Henry's out with a knee injury he's questionable to return. They want you to also add why that is important uh, to the team. How does that affect the depth? How does that, you know, they want kind of more of a a valuable injury report than just stating the obvious that everyone can read on Twitter and that he's questionable to return. So I try to dig deeply into the injury history so that I can say, hey, this is that same knee he injured last year, or this is the one he injured when he was in college, or it's the opposite knee. And that kind of just adds that little extra piece of information. So I have like a lot of injury history that I'm going through. I, of course, look at the injury lists that come out that the the PR staff give us coming into the game. And then Wednesday, I kind of do the same thing. I'll take a few hours and start digging. And I just, I just read a ton. So I'm always on The Athletic. I'm always on Twitter, just kind of reading up on the new articles that come out each day. And then on either Thursday evening or Friday morning, um, we fly into whichever city that we're going to. Normally, I can fly in on Friday morning, but for those West Coast games, I tend to fly in. Like this week, I'm flying in Thursday evening. And on the way out, sometimes I'll get a game pass and just watch the game from the previous week so I can see, you know, what storylines came out of that game. I don't want to repeat anything that the reporter, you know, said the, the week prior or, you know, repeat a story. And sometimes stories are, you know, still relevant and you have to kind of repeat it but add your own spin on it. But I try to not, you know, take any stories. Um, and then... Let's see, Friday is when we meet with the home team. So um, on Friday, we'll, of course, go to the Chargers facility, watch practice, um, meet with a few players. And then um, Friday night's kind of our production meal with our team. And we all get together about 10 of us um, and kind of have that family dinner on a Friday night where we all get together, which is always Because you're spending fun. a lot of time together tons of time together and of course by week 17 you're like I'm so sick of having dinner with you guys I love you but but no um not anymore exactly and then um Saturdays we meet with the away team whenever they come to town so this Saturday um, we'll meet with the Colts when they get to town and I have an interview with Jacoby Brissett that will air on Pops on Sunday morning um just kind of a casual two-minute stand-up interview 
um, just kind of previewing how things have been for him. And then Sunday, we kind of wake up, have breakfast, and head to the stadium. And either I have an off-the-bus interview or sometimes a hit for top pregame. Um, and then we kind of just get right into it. And before you know it, Sunday's over and you're flying home again and starting the cycle again. So and you're doing it all it's over. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, it's a lot, but it goes by fast and it's, it's just so much fun. I really, really enjoy it. So then last sort of just job kind of related question. You talked a little bit sort of about the prep and even advice you received from Tracy Wolfson, but what sort of advice, maybe sort of the biggest piece that you have for anyone, girls or guys, just trying to get into the sports broadcasting industry? Sure. I think, I mean, the biggest thing is don't try to be anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, one of the biggest mistakes I could have made coming in is trying to be Tracy Wolfson or trying to be, you know, another silent reporter that I've looked up to my whole life. So I think it's really important to have that that person that you can kind of take advice from and watch and emulate, but also to throw your own personal um, spin on everything. You are your own best person in the business. No one else can be you. And I think that's kind of your power. It sounds cheesy, but um, I really do believe that. And then specifically for, for silent reporting, you know, I've done anchoring and all these different roles in the business, but silent reporting, I think is really underappreciated with how much prep we put in and how difficult the, the job really is. Um, you know, I, I've met a lot of people that assume that our producers feed us all of our stories or give us all of our questions. And um, it's just so far from the truth. We yeah. actually come up with everything that we do down there. And it's a lot of work. And um, but I think really where the value comes in for a sideline reporter isn't in those pre-planned stories. It's really just being able to kind of react to the game down on the sideline and seeing those eyes and ears um, that the guys up in the booth can't see what's going on down there. The producer in the truck can't see what's going on down there. Um, and mostly the people in the stands have a hard time seeing what's happening. So I think it's really um, a big part of the job to be able to um, use your eyes and ears, see who's communicating with who. You know, maybe there's a, a coach getting on a player for some mistake that they made. And um, the NFL is tough because you, really, you can't really voice exactly what you heard on the sideline, but you can kind of paraphrase it and um, make your report that way. But I think that's where the sideline reporter value comes in because the guys in the booth can tell the stories. They can analyze the game, break down the scheme. But for us, I think where our value comes in is really just um, being able to convey what you're seeing down on the sidelines and what you're hearing and, and how, you know, certain injuries um, affect the team. So I would just say be yourself. And then specifically for sideline reporters, that's what the advice, that, that would be the advice uh, that I would give. Yeah, that's good stuff. So now let's kind of get into this game a little bit that that you'll be part of the call with on Sunday. So two playoff teams from a year ago. And although unless you were kind of living under a rock the past couple weeks, uh, (laughs) you know that the Colts are kind of different at quarterback now, given Andrew Luck's retirement. So enter Jacoby Brissett. But overall, what do you kind of make of this Colts-Chargers matchup here? I think it's going to be an awesome matchup. I was so excited to hear that we got this game um, when we initially got it before Andrew Luck retired because I just <laughs> felt like it's two great teams. I think it's one of the best matchups in week one. Um, and now that Jacoby Brissett's been thrust into the starting role, I think it just makes it that much more interesting. Um, you know, if you look at some of his numbers from 2017, obviously it didn't go as well, but he also didn't have that offensive line that they have now. Um, just tons of weapons on offense for him. He's got T.Y. Hilton. He's got Paris Campbell now. Um, so I just think he's going to have a lot better of a time, uh, this go around. And of course, Frank Reich seems to be like the perfect guy to be in this situation and coaching him because he, of course, led the greatest comeback in playoff history as a backup quarterback of the Bills in 92. So I just think, you know, he can probably offer Jacoby a lot of, um, his own wisdom from the position. And I'm sure Andrew Luck has given Jacoby some pointers over the last week or so, which I'm excited to ask him about. 
Um, I think they're going to be a tough opponent. I, I know the guys on the Chargers will not be overlooking them whatsoever. I think the coolest matchup is going to be the Colts offensive line, one of the best in the NFL against the Chargers D-line. That's kind of what I'll be honing in on. I think that's going to be um, something to watch. And then for the Chargers, like, gosh, Philip Rivers, the ageless wonder, and right. your 16, <laughs> it's insane. Um, so I'm just excited to see him again. He's always so fun to chat with. The biggest thing for me is going to be how are they going to kind of adjust the defensive team without Derwin James in there? Right. That's um, something that I'll be looking for because, you know, Adrian Phillips, he's a great repla- replacement, but he's not hes not the versatile Derwin James in there. So um, that will be something that I will be looking at. How will the defense change? But it's, it'll be good to have a healthy Hunter Henry back. And, of course, the defense always dangerous with a healthy Joey Bosa, Melvin totally. Ingram, and, of course, Jerry Tillery in there now. So I just feel like this is an awesome matchup on both sides. And the storylines have just kind of continued to write themselves these last few weeks. Right. So we shouldn't run out of anything to talk about during this game. <laughs> you set the table right there perfectly. And one of those storylines, too, you mentioned him, but Colts head coach Frank Reich, their offensive coordinator Nick Sirianni, yeah. they spent time with the Chargers for a period of time. So that could certainly make things interesting just given how well they know this team in offense. Exactly. That's such a great point. And um, I saw a few things that, that Frank Reich and Nick Sirianni said about Philip Rivers this week and how much they've kind of watched him and how – you know, his command of the offense is something that they're really going to be paying a lot of attention to. So you mentioned him, Philip Rivers, the ageless wonder, season 16. But how impressive is it, though, that he just kind of continues to play at such a high level, given how long he's been doing this? Oh, my God, it's insane to me. And not only just playing at a high level, but like mentally, he's still so sharp in everything mm-hmm. that he does. And he's just such an interesting guy to talk to. Like people last year asked me, who is your favorite, you know, player that you interacted with this season and there were two guys I always said one was Andrew Luck because he's so dang interesting and the other is Philip Rivers because you can tell that his love for the game is just so deep and it's kind of like he he still feels like a kid out there playing football in the backyard with his friends and that's kind of the biggest thing that I gathered from him that I just found so exciting is just that he doesn't feel old he's not even thinking about age and he's just out there having fun with his boys um so yeah, he continues to impress me. He's just, uh, he's a character and he's my favorite guy to interview because you ask him one question, he talks for five minutes. <laughs> it's totally true. All the information that you need. So he's awesome. So Hunter Henry, you mentioned he's fully healthy coming back, but what kind of impact do you think he can make? Mm, good question. Obviously he's just a piece of the offense that was missing all last season. Um, and we saw what he was capable of. He's my fantasy tight end. There you go. <laughs> so I'm hoping that. So you hope I'm he does he well big impact in the offense but obviously great wide receivers all around Keenan Allen Mike Williams Travis Benjamin um you know they sent Tyrell Williams to Oakland so Mm -hmm. it kind of opens up the offense a little bit more for some of the other receivers but Hunter Henry's so great in the the blocking game as well so I'm sure he's going to be a piece of the offense that they're happy to have back and can certainly do a lot with Chargers head coach Anthony Lynn he usually chunks out the season in quarters so obviously the first quarter begins this Sunday how critical would Mm -hmm. it be to get off to a fast start and kick off the season 1-0 Oh, God. I mean, I think it's extremely important, especially to kind of set the tone. And after the way things ended last season with a loss against the Patriots, you know, I feel like they kind of had a great season, but that wasn't the end goal. You know, they wanted more than that. For the most part, they're returning all the pieces to this team. And I think for any team, the first quarter is extremely important to set the tone for how things are going to go and get off to a good start. But of course, there were teams last year that started, you know, 0-4 and then picked it up to, to finish the season well, too. So. 
I'd like to think it's extremely important to, to set the tone and get off on a good note. But then again, I feel like, you know, there's always, you know, a, a chance to make adjustments and have guys return from injury. You don't know when Russell Okun's going to come back or if he will. Um, so, yeah, I, I would certainly assume that that would be a goal for Anthony Lynn to um, to win the first quarter of the season and to set the tone. I'm sure for Philip Rivers, too, that's kind of, you know, no, no one wants to start the bat, the season on a bad note. So I would think especially, too, against this Colts team, you know, you don't, you don't know what they're going to come in with. Yeah. So, um for them, I think that would just be a good way to, to set the tone for the season. And then lastly, obviously, you kind of talked about it again. A lot of expectations for this Chargers team, just given what they accomplished last season. But what are you sort of hoping to see from them throughout the rest of this year? Yeah, I mean, I want to see their offensive line come together. Um, just the offense as a whole come together. It, it, it just seems like they, it's like, what's that missing piece? I, I remember last year, you know, our crew kind of talked about why haven't they been able to get over the hump? They're such a great team. They're so talented. They have that quarterback. They've got the receivers. They have the coach. They have everything. Um, and it just seems like they're missing that one piece to get over the hump. And I think we even asked Philip Rivers, like, what is that? And he was like, I don't know. If I do, I'd tell <laughs> yeah, you. I'll tell you. We can't pinpoint it. That's a you very Philip Rivers our... answer, by the way. Yes. He's <laughs> like, we can't pinpoint it either. Um, so for me, it's just that, it's like, what is that, that, X factor going to be this year that gets them over the hump. Is it going to be, you know, having a healthy Hunter Henry back? Is it going to be, you know, keeping Joey Boza healthy all season? Um, Cause you know, he missed a bunch of games last year. I don't know what it's going to be. Maybe there's a player that kind of, um, you know, jumps out and makes his presence known this year that we don't know about yet, but it just seems like they're so close. Um, and I, I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> I'm as clueless about that X factor as <laughs> Philip Rivers because, they're so close. So I can see them winning the same amount of games and um, hopefully just going a little bit further into playoffs. Well, Melanie, <laughs> thank you so much for your time. We so appreciate you kicking things off. Oh, here of on course. Playmakers. And uh, we'll Thanks see you so much for having absolutely. me on. Absolutely. And we'll see you Sunday at Rocket Field at Dignity Health Sports. Sounds Park. good. And that's a wrap on the debut episode of the Playmakers podcast. Many thanks to Melanie Collins and thanks to all of you for listening. I'm excited for the rest of the season and I hope you guys are too. But one final reminder to subscribe to the all new Chargers podcast network, wherever you listen to podcasts, it's your one-stop shop for all things Chargers directly from the team, including in-depth conversations and analysis with players, coaches, executives, national reporters and broadcasters, and much more. Be sure to rate and review on Apple podcasts and thanks for listening. Catch you guys next time.